We're so excited to share this teaching message with you from Sikamo Church, Ibado, Nigeria. We believe God knows you and loves you, and through His Word, He expresses His plans and purposes for your life. We hope that you open up your heart and really sense God speak to you through this message from our pastor, Tolulokwe Mudi. Let's get right into the service and be blessed by this message. Thank you that we can gather this morning singing your praise and remembering how good and faithful you are. Thank you for these incredible moments that we get to have in your presence. Thank you for the great and mighty things that you're doing this morning as we're gathered. I just pray, Lord, that as we come around your word this morning as a family of faith, I pray, Lord, that you're really just going to have a free course and do incredible things. I pray, Lord, that you're going to glorify Jesus. You're going to make your word so clear, so simple that we would understand, but so profound that it would make a mark in our lives forever. Thank you so much for this, Father. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Um, so much. Let's just get straight up into God's Word this morning. Um, so great to be in church and so great that we can continue out on, you know, what we started out um, last week. And um, I just have something that I hope is really going to encourage and empower you this morning to share with you um, this morning. Okay. So we started out last week on this thing of she said yes. And we said that in this series, we're really just trying to rediscover um, rediscovered this thing of an ultimate relationship that we're privileged to have and how that in saying yes to Jesus, um, it just sets us in tone for this incredible love and, you know, how that he has initiated this for us. And um, last week, we kind of just tried to lay foundations around, around all of that. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to share a, a little message with you um, that I'm going to call Rediscover Bay. Rediscover um, bay in this thing of the incredible relationship that we get to have with Jesus. I'm going to be speaking a bit out of Second Samuel and the 23rd chapter, um, pretty much from verse 13 to 17, and then um, just move around there for a few moments this morning. And I hope by the end of this, you're going to really be encouraged um, in a very special way. So in Second Samuel 23 from verse 13, the Bible speaking about David's men says that, you know, three of the 30 chief men went down at the harvest time and they came to David at the valley of Adullam and the troop of Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephaim. David was then, and I watched that, in the stronghold of the garrison of the Philistines um, that was in Bethlehem. And, and David said with longing, oh, that someone would give me a drink of the water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines. Um, they drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but he poured it out to the Lord. And, and he said, far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he will not drink. And Bible says these things were done by the three mighty um, men. All right, so I heard this story many years ago um, about a guy who was waiting for his flight. And, um, you know, he, he, he just walked into a shop there and, and bought himself a pack of chips. Um, um, and then he sat down and it was just in that um, waiting lounge and all. And then he, 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 he believed that he put it on the middle slab between him, you know, those waiting spaces like there's a stool there. And so um, just wanted to eat his chips when he feels like eating it and all of that. And then suddenly the guy that is on the seat across, um, you know, picks it up and opens it and then picks one out of it and throws it into his mouth. And you know, you know the fury, you know, like, is this guy well? You know, like, I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, you know those moments when you're just trying to remind yourself that you're saved. And so he's basically in all of that. And then um, the guy drops it back there in the middle. And so um, this guy picks it up and 
you know, begins to eat his chips, like maybe the guy was just being rude and all, so he begins to eat his chips, um, and then drops it back in the middle, and the guy on the other side also picks out of it and drops it back, and, you know, basically they're in that um, exchange moment of pick one, pick one, and all of that, and he was just so pissed and burning with anger inside, like, is this guy, like, I'm even waiting to see, like, at what point will he even say thank you or beg, or, you know, at what point are we even going to, like, let's wait to see where this story will land and all of that, and then a boarding announcement was made, and the guy just stands up and, you know, walks away and goes to catch his flight. And so the guy, you know, who bought the chips was really pissed and really angry about, about you know, this play out, you know. Um, and then, you know, he then goes on to board his own flight later, just still trying to understand how rude people get and stuff like that. Then as he's going to board his own flight, he he um, is being searched and all of that, and then they then find a pack of chips in his pocket. So, so really what has played out is that, you know, it wasn't even his in the first place. Like, it was the other guy's own that he was even being the rude person. He was even sharing. It was even that guy that should have slapped him and, you know, you know, stuff like that. And I was thinking, have you ever been in a relationship where, you know, you are feeling like I'm doing all the work. I'm the one that is suffering here. I'm the one that is sacrificing here. I'm the one doing all the work. And then, you know, you just later on found like two million things that were happening on the other side of the conversation that you had no clue about, that you just felt sorry for even thinking you were doing anything. Have you ever been in, in one of those situations? Or, may, or maybe for you it was like a contribution was being made, maybe, and you know, you, ah, you said, man, this is, and you said, okay, I'm going to contribute 50,000 now. Like, ah, this is like a big deal, but, you know, you made that contribution, like 50K, like, ah, you know, and you are waiting for everybody to come and thank you and all of that, and, you know, announce your name on the front of every newspaper and stuff like that until, you know, later on you just heard that there was an anonymous donor that, that donated 1 million. Are you are still tired, 1 million dollars you know like like it just knocks you out totally right but but has this does this ever happen to you and i was thinking as a follower of jesus where you are thinking like i'm doing the hard thing of being a christian um like you know you wouldn't want to use these words maybe but it's like in this thing of being a christian i am i am the one that you know is doing all the hard things and jesus is pretty much just like chilling chilling at the right hand of the father you know like sitting down chilling while i am here suffering working hard obeying you know doing all the things that it takes to be a christian I'll, 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 let me ask you this way and don't worry to answer if, if you're not comfortable to but do you honestly sometimes feel in this whole thing of being a christian that it is easier to be Jesus than to be you. Do you sometimes just honestly feel like, you know, like Jesus can't get it wrong? Like, like it's just easier to be Jesus. Like, here I am battling with struggles. Like, it's just easier to be Jesus, like, like you know, um, than, than to be a Christian. Do you ever feel that way? Um, because here I am, I'm waking up in the morning, you know, praying. Like, you know, pray, you know, pray you know, worshiping, like, like I'm the one who feels these things, like, you know, all that it takes to be a worshiper, or, 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 or tithing, you know, giving, I mean, Jesus is basically sitting down at the right hand of the Father, observing things, you know, we are the ones doing the Christian work, you know, obeying, serving, you know, Maybe for you, maybe even things like just being in a struggle. Maybe here you are, you've been maybe battling an addiction or something. And like, I mean, if I was Jesus, it doesn't, like, sometimes being a Christian feels harder than being Jesus. And what I want to do today is that I want to try and set our perspectives right in this incredible ultimate relationship that we stand in. Um, I mean, and this is speaking to people who are followers of Jesus. This 
incredible relationship that we stand in. I want to kind of, maybe we should just rediscover um, the beauty of who we stand in relationship with. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe for you, this will be like an introduction. Maybe if you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe you can be thinking around this and let this be like an introduction to you. Um, but I pray this morning that through these thoughts, we would rediscover the thrill. We would maybe rediscover our value, our wonder, you know, whatever that looks like in your context. Because quite honestly, I feel that as Christians, maybe sometimes we're like a bunch of sports brats, you know. Um, <laughs> I feel like if I was an angel, I'll be, I'll be slapping a lot of Christians, you know. Um, just, you know, just, <laughs> we never slap people before, whether the, you know, there's the shapash. I don't know if they still do stuff like that or the, or the knock or whatever your African mother, you know, brought you up doing and stuff like that. Um, but, 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 but we read Second Samuel chapter 23 and this incredible story about how the Bible says David is just like with longing and saying that I want water from the, from the well of the Philistines. And we read that story, but I think it's not just the story of David's mighty men. I think, you know, as we look at many of these Old Testament stories, I think the beauty of scripture is in the types and shadows. It's in the, you know, it's in the reference. I think, you know, what's happening in Second Samuel 23, it's not just about David's mighty men. I actually think that maybe this is a story about our mighty God. Maybe um, as we read about these three mighty men maybe this is a reference about you know jesus our savior who who died for us right by the will of god the father and who was raised by the power of the holy spirit um that when you think about salvation and about that cross moment and just stay with me i'm going somewhere but when you think about salvation and that cross moment and all that happened with jesus i i love how jensen franklin puts it many years ago i remember jensen preaching this and and saying you know when i think about salvation god the father thought it and god the son brought it God, the Holy Spirit wrought it, and I got it, you know. And I think it's real significant that, you know, as we look at this story and see David thirsting and see David going through these moments and, you know, his mighty men are breaking through the camp to bring him the water, breaking through the camp of the Philistines to bring him the water he, he, couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't get for himself. I think it's real significant because I think about myself and how I had a thirst that I could not quench. I think about how I was thirsting for life. I think about how I was thirsting for hope. I think about how in the midst of struggles, I was thirsting for deliverance, how I was thirsting for peace, and how I was thirsting for purpose and for meaning to life. Think about yourself before you met Jesus and that longing in your heart that you couldn't even explain, but just waking up every day with a sense of a longing and so much more that I wish could happen. But the price, the truth is that the price for my thirst was too high for me. That David is lying down in those moments and thirsting with longing, but he knows that the water he needs is in the camp of the Philistines. And it's a price that was too high. I, I couldn't go into enemy territory to buy back my freedom. Um, but it was Jesus who broke into the camp of the enemy for me. It was Jesus who loved me that much. It was Jesus who went to hell to bring me the life that I learned for. It was Jesus who went to hell to pay a price for me. I love the words of that song that it was life at the price of death. And it was freedom for me that made him bound. And it was my peace in his anguish. It was my freedom. It was my healing that he bled to give. And if you think maybe I'm making this up, then, then let's just flip the references. Let's look at John chapter 19 for a moment. Because in that moment where David is saying that, you know, these guys bring back water. And, and David says, man, this water is the blood of my men. And David is pouring it out before the Lord. If you think maybe I'm just making up this story about this being Jesus and, 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 and our, our mighty God and all of that. I think this is a reference to John chapter 19. As Jesus is, you know, giving up his life on the cross. And in John chapter 19, as they began to pierce Jesus, when you pick up the story, you know, from um, John chapter 19 and... 
as you pick up the story of John chapter 19 from verse 28, and the Bible is saying how, how Jesus is giving up himself. And in verse 29, you know, they, he's, he's saying that I'm thirsty. And in verse 29, they bring him a vessel of sour wine and they put it there, put it to his mouth. And Jesus receives it and he says it is finished. And he bows down and he gives up the ghost and all of that. By verse 32, when the soldiers came and, you know, they wanted to, they, they just realized that Jesus was dead already. And so in verse 33, they did not break his legs. But in verse 34, the Bible says they pierced him by the side with a spear. And immediately the Bible says these words in verse 34, that blood and water came out. And I think this is really incredible. That as they pierced Jesus, they see blood and water gushing out of his side. And you know what I want to say, friends, is that many times we are standing up like David in this Second Samuel 23 moment. I'm feeling, I'm doing the sacrifice. This is the way I feel many times. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm doing the sacrifice. You know, I'm doing the hard work because look at my guys going out and, 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 you know, bringing the water and all of that. What do you think it was like for David in that moment when he suddenly takes the water and says, I'm pouring it out? You know, this is what I was thirsty for. This is what I was longing for. This is what I was, you know, groping. And this was the definition of my thirst. But David says, no, guys, I'm not going to drink it. I'm pouring it out. And I feel like David is going to stand up and begin to say, hey, I'm the one doing the sacrifice here. I'm the loyal person here. I'm the one that is paying hard prices here. David is going to be making the headlines as, as the guy who is, you know, doing incredible things and who is just so selfless and so loyal as a leader. The one, I'm the pouring out water guy. I'm doing hard sacrifices. You say, David, describe your life in three words. David will say, mm, how do I describe myself? Deep sacrifice. Unheard of loyalty. I'm a man after God's heart. Three phrases. <laughs> but you know what I think as I think about that? I think it's maybe a chips moment. This is what I call my chips moment. You know, while the people who are really making this work are just somewhere there sitting down, smiling, the guy who is eating someone else's chips is feeling like he's doing the sacrifice. And you know, I think this is the story of our Christianity many times. That David is saying, I'm giving up my thirst. Um, and think about that for a moment. David is saying, I'm giving up my thirst. I, I, I gave up my thirst. I poured out that water. And look at Jesus on the other hand in Jonah chapter 19. Jesus is thirsty and he is satisfying his thirst. And I think this way that many times we look at our Christian walk and we feel, man, maybe it's easier to be Jesus than to be me. It's easier to be Jesus than to be a Christian. In John 19 and verse 29, Jesus is saying, I'm thirsty. And they're giving him on a sponge. And Jesus is satisfying his thirst while David is the loyal guy pouring out his thirst. This is how we think many times as Christians. And I'm going somewhere this morning if you'll stay with me. We say many times, look, I am having it hard here. I am going through stuff here. I'm having it hard. But what I want to say this morning is, no, David. He, David, you saw him. And you said he is satisfying his thirst while you are denying yourself in that moment of thirst. But you know what I would say this morning is, David, no, he took your thirst to change your thirst. Because in John chapter 7, the Bible says that on the last day of the feast, Jesus began to cry out with a loud voice in verse 37. He says, if anybody is thirsty, let him come to me. And then he said, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And he said this, he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit. Do you see what's happening in this moment? That the Bible says, that, that Jesus is saying, if you're thirsty, come to me. And I'm waiting for the point where Jesus would say, 
I'm going to satisfy your thirst. But I'm still yet to see those words. Jesus says, if you are thirsty, come to me. But he changes your thirst. He says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Would you come on the keyboards? I'm getting to where I want to go now this morning. That Jesus is saying, look, do you know what happened? You thought that you are the one denying yourself in your thirst and I was satisfying my thirst. But do you know that that thirst that I took on the cross was because of your thirst? Do you know that in that moment I was pouring out water and my side was pierced? And do you know that in that moment water came gushing out? It was not about me. It was about you needing the rivers of living water. And where you thought all I was thirsty for was a cup of water from the well of the Philistines. And you think this is the big denial? You think I'm depriving myself of my thirst? This is, this is what I want to say to you people. That in that very place where you are crying for thirst, do you know that he's birthing a river out in you? Do you know that in that very place, this is the story of our Christianity. That he said, I thirst. He took the sour wine. He was the one that put out blood and water on the other side. So that I will no longer thirst, but I have an overflow of a river of living water. Do you know that he took away my thirst and he changed my thirst? Do you know that he took away my thirst for life and for the things of this world and that longing that I couldn't satisfy and he gave me a new thirst this is what happened to the woman in John chapter 4 that she met Jesus by a well with a water pot and she said look I'm just looking for water I'm just looking for water but in that encounter with Jesus she left her water pot there and ran back to the city maybe the thirst was not what you thought it was after all maybe the thirst was not about what you were pouring out after all maybe there is a river that he poured out into you that is what this is all about Jesus says, you know what, people, I am the one that took the thirst for you. I am the one that took the sour wine so that I can put out blood and water so that it can overflow. Jesus said, I take the water. He, he says, he, it, it's crazy to me, friends. It's, it, it's crazy to me because Jesus says, now, now I'm giving you an overflow of water. Watch what's happening here. Jesus says, I'm giving you an overflow of water. And then this is pouring out of us. It's pierced out of his side. It's an overflow of water that, that we never deserved. He said, come to me if you thirst and I'll give you rivers of living water. Now, I have an abundance of water. It's flowing all over. And I get the privilege to pour it out and say, I'm pouring this water out. And then in Cana of Galilee, Jesus says, guys, begin to fill it with the water that you have. And Jesus says, begin to fill it with the water that you have. Do you know that on the cross, Jesus was thirsty, but he took that thirst for me so that he could take sour wine. And then he took that sour wine in his pain and in his anguish but now at Cana of Galilee he says now I am giving you water you pour your water out to me and as we begin to pour water and fill the pots the Bible says there's a miracle that Jesus is changing the water to the best wine he took the sour wine so he could give me the best wine he took the sour wine so that he could work a miracle just when you thought this thing is heavy on me and I'm, and I'm showing you a principle of Christianity here friends I'm showing you what this relationship with Jesus is all about that I'm, I'm going to learn this in a moment because this is what it means to be a Christian many times we are standing up and say, you know what, I'm the loyal one. I'm the one taking blows for God. I'm the one being persecuted at my workplace. I'm the one having to drink the bitter wine. I'm the one having to go through things. I'm the one in the midst of a struggle. But let me tell you what it means to be a Christian. That you find life in obedience. You find life in obedience because he took death through obedience. Because he took death through obedience. That's why you find life in obedience. The, the truth is we you lift your hands up in surrendered worship because he stretched down and wide in surrender. That you get to give because he gave everything. That you can forgive because he forgave you so freely. That you can stand for Jesus in those difficult conversations because he died for you and he went to hell for you. Talk about a difficult place to be. 
It's about what he took up for you. And in those moments when you start to think, man, the weight of this Christianity thing, I just want you this morning to rediscover who's on the other side of that relationship. I want you to rediscover in those moments where you're eating your chips and feeling like I'm being cheated. I want you to rediscover in those moments where you're giving a tithe and feeling like this is costing me a lot. I want you to rediscover in those moments where you are being generous and when you are forgiving and you're feeling like it's hard to be a Christian. I want you to rediscover in those moments where, where you're feeling like I'm pouring out to the Lord and this is so heavy for me to do. I want you to rediscover this morning who is on the other side. If this is a story of generosity, it is the generosity from God to us. If this is a story of love, it is the love from God to us. If this is a story of sacrifice, it is the sacrifice from God to us. And I just want to say that, you know, it's beautiful to me because it starts as my thirst. But he makes it his thirst. He owns it for me. And he takes the sour wine so that he can give me his blood and water. And then as I give him the water, he gives me the best wine. And then the Bible says in that overflow of water, two things in scripture that are symbols of the Holy Spirit. There are a few more, but two things that I really love that are symbols used for the Holy Spirit. Wine and water. And it's just amazing that in that moment, Jesus is saying, listen, in that overflow is the promise of the Holy Spirit. In that overflow is the promise of the advantage that you could never dream or imagine. And friends, this is what it means to be a Christian. And so my encouragement to you this morning, as I say, rediscover. I just want to say to you people this morning, get a backbone. Get a backbone about your relationship with Jesus. Get a backbone about what it means when you say yes to Jesus. Get a backbone when you understand that saying yes to Jesus is the biggest thing possible. Life with Jesus is the over and it's the above. It's the what I never deserved. It's the, it's, it's the incredible I could never have earned. I, I love him and I refuse to be a complainer. I love him and I refuse to be a mourner. Listen, if he doesn't do one more good thing, he has done more than enough for me to wake up every day and just be loving him and thanking him and praising him. If he doesn't show up one more time, he has shown up more than enough at the cross for me to have a forever to just love on him and to just worship. I pray for that we will rediscover what's on the other side. I pray in this moment as we pick up the chips and we eat out of it, I pray we're not going to be the people keeping a grudge in our hearts and, and feeling like, look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm sacrificing. Look at, look at what I'm letting go of. Look at what it costs me to be a follower of Jesus. Look at the names they are calling me. Look at the ridicule I'm taking. Look at what I'm walking through. Look at the struggles I'm fighting through. Listen to me, friends. It was Jesus that the Bible says he chose obedience. Philippians 2 and verse 8, to the very point of death so that you can choose obedience to the to the power pathways of life so that in your obedience you can be finding life was that was why he took obedience to find death and friends i just want to say this morning that if all i get to do for the rest of my life is to be grateful to jesus and to love on him listen to me well that's a life well spent and that's even an eternity well spent if all i get to do then in this thing that i walk in i'm privileged this is more than i could have asked for i'm privileged I'm privileged. I'm going to worship in just a moment. A Christian cannot have a problem of over-gratitude. If there will ever be a problem in a Christian's life, it is that we are not grateful enough. A Christian cannot have a problem of, a lack of, of, of too much wonder. If there's ever, have you been in those situations where it's like, ah, you take this thing too seriously? Listen, a Christian cannot have a problem of taking Jesus too seriously. A Christian cannot have, they say you tight it to your chest, tight it tighter. You hold it on your head, head it header. Come on, people. A Christian cannot have a problem of too much wonder. 
A Christian can only have a problem of too little wonder, too little passion, too little gratitude, too little awe. That, that, can, can we choose, friends, this morning to be waking up again and rediscovering our wonder, to be waking up again and rediscovering who's on the other side of this relationship? Let's rediscover him. Maybe you've been in those moments that in a, in a, in a natural relationship. I have been in my marriage where I've been in so many relationships in my life, in my marriage, in, in relationships with people where you're standing there feeling like I'm doing more. I'm doing the hard work and all it takes is a revelation for you to see what's on the other side and that's what I'm praying is going to be your revelation this morning as as we're going to worship as we're going to meditate on who he is as we lean through these moments and just see the passion and the love of our savior that's what I'm praying it's going to be your revelation I'm praying it's going to be a revelation of one who broke through the camp for your thirst who took your thirst that you couldn't make happen for yourself who came who did everything to give you life who poured out water that you could never earn in yourself who did just satisfy your thirst who changed the dynamics of your thirst friends the truth is we woke up and all we were doing with our lives was longing for things and going around circles and we were thirsty for meaning and for essence but it's so beautiful that he didn't just satisfy that vain thirst he didn't just give us that that's why we don't just come to him and it's, it's like a satisfaction of of the things i wanted and it's like we're trying to bring him into our smallness it's amazing to me that he didn't just step into my smallness he came to me right where i am and he translated me to his greatness he changed the dynamics of my thirst he changed the whole scope of my life i thought i was longing for a drink but he said now there are rivers flowing out of you let me tell you my new longing in those days my longing used to be can i have a drink to satisfy my thirst now my new longing is how far can these rivers spread how much more can i be satisfied how much more can i live for him how much more can i give expression to this overflowing life that he has poured in me friends i just pray this morning that as we worship you will rediscover a wonder. I pray that as we worship, your heart will be opened up and out. I pray that as we worship, a new passion will just spark it. I pray that you will look across the table in that moment of a dinner. I pray you will look across the table and look with eyes full of wonder again. I pray that your passion will wake up. I pray that what it means to be a follower of Jesus will put a new spark in your heart. I pray it will be something more to live for. I pray it will be a reason to stand up on every Monday morning. I pray it will be a reason every Tuesday night in the face of struggle to see that the one I get to love is this incredible amazing savior I pray that will be the rediscovery in your heart this morning in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we're going to take a moment of worship as we sing out this morning why don't you just lean in your heart let these words soak over your heart these are some real powerful words let it soak over your heart if you're listening to us this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus I'll be right back in a moment to tell you how you can set it right but let's just lean into our wonder this morning in Jesus name amen
Let me give you a moment, friends, wherever you are this morning. Let me just give you all of 60 seconds. And in your own words, I just want you to lean into a sense of wonder. In your own words, I just want you to lean into a sense of wonder. Whatever that looks like to you this morning, but just imagine Jesus at the other side of this conversation right now. And what does your heart say to him this morning? Have you, have you sat down on that side thinking it's easier to be Jesus than to be a Christian? <laughs> I want you this morning to just lean into a sense of wonder about a Savior who loved you with everything. About a Savior who initiated a conversation with you. Who, who knows the very worst about you but still believes the best. You know, nobody else knows everything about your life. Nobody else does. No, nobody else does, you know. You, there, there are parts that are coded, right? You know, maybe you're browsing history. Maybe you're, maybe that part of your life. Maybe what you're doing with... Nobody else knows every detail. But about a Savior who knows everything. And still loves you with everything. Would you just lean into that this morning? What does your heart say to Him? What does your heart say to Him? You know, I find that we go around the world looking for approvals, affirmation, looking for one more thing to happen because we haven't really leaned on what has already happened. And today I just want that to, to make a whole new meaning to you. What incredible love. What incredible love. What it means when I say I'm a Christian. What it means when I say I'm a follower of Jesus. What it means... When I say I'm in a relationship with Jesus, what incredible love. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this amazing, amazing, amazing grace that we stand in. <laughs> oh, what words that hymn, amazing grace. Amazing grace. We have thought about it as cheap grace, as common grace, but it is still amazing grace. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, let me, let me make an invitation this morning. I, I, there are people this morning, maybe in church or following this service or even listening to this message anywhere, and you can't say those words that I'm a follower of Jesus. Um, you can't confidently say I'm born again. Whatever ways you express that I'm born again, I, I've surrendered the lordship of my life to Jesus. That conscious decision um, that you say the, the Lord of my life is Jesus that you know I have said bye to a life of sin and of the past and, and all of that and I have said yes to Jesus and I don't know where you are this morning or how you're listening to this wherever you are but you know Jesus sees you right now he knows you and I believe that the Holy Spirit is already convicting you this morning of your need for Jesus he's already telling you you know you can say yes to him you know you should and that's what we want to pray and lead you in this morning that this is the beginning of life and when we meet Jesus, you know, we move from existence to life. This is where it all starts. Maybe you're thirsty and you're saying, I just need that one more thing to happen, one more thing to happen. But, but listen, I'm speaking about a Savior who took the thirst for you so that he can give you a whole new thirst, a whole new longing. And this morning, would you say yes to him? Would you choose to be forgiven? Would you choose to, to let go of the past and the guilt, the burden and the shame and say yes to him? The truth is every one of us has a past, but because of Jesus, we have a new life. We have a hope in our future. And today can be that day when you'll be reconciled with God through Jesus. There's only one way we can come to God. It's not by trying harder. It's by accepting Jesus. And so today, would you say yes to him? Can I lead you in a prayer this morning? If you say you're speaking to me, and I want this to be that moment, can I lead you in a prayer this morning? 
I don't want you to hold back on God. I don't want you to hesitate. Why don't you just put your right hand on your chest as, as to mark this moment as a deliberate step, as a sign of surrender. Put your heart on your chest. The Bible says we believe with our hearts and we confess with our mountain to salvation. And would you say these words and can we all say this everybody everywhere together? Say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father today is the, the day that I say yes to Jesus. Say, I believe with all my heart and I confess it with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He's the Savior of the world. Say, I believe He died and He was raised back to life so that I'll be forgiven and I'll have a life with you. Say, today I confess Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Now say, please forgive me of the past and give me a whole new start. Now say, I will live for you. I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Incredible. Can I pray for you people everywhere? Just before I do that, if you make that decision, we are so excited about it. We're so proud of your choice of Jesus this morning. You just did the very right thing. I've never seen anybody who took a step towards God and it was a wrong step. You just did the very right thing and we want to rejoice with you and help you on that journey. So please let's know about it. Come on. Let's know about it this morning. Just follow out the link. We have all the help wherever you're following service. Sycamore.church slash Jesus. Sycamore.church slash Jesus. Please let's know about it. Let's be praying for you. Let's be encouraging you. Let's see how we can strengthen you in traveling this journey with Jesus. But let me pray for everybody everywhere. I just want to pray that this week, as you start out a week, there's going to be a new spark of wonder, a new rediscovery about who Jesus is to you. That's what I'm going to pray is going to be happening in your life this morning. Can we pray? Father, thank you for everybody everywhere. And thank you for the privilege we have to just be leaning into service this morning. And Lord, I thank you because you don't just give truth. You, you give us grace, God. You, speak, you, you give grace for all the truth that you bring to us. And Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, I just pray that Lord, you're going to give us such a freshness this week. That as we go out this week, it's going to be a week of a fresh discovery. It's going to be a week of new wonder. It's going to be a week of just seeing Jesus in whole new ways. Lord, make yourself real to us. Make yourself near to us. Make yourself clear to us and make yourself dear to us. Thank you so much, Jesus, that we have you and we can say that you are ours. And Lord, we are just incredibly grateful and humbled for the privilege i just pray lord god that in the practical things of life that we all walk through i pray lord god that you're going to be so near to us and help us to be finding you in them i pray lord that as we begin to engage these discussions in our life groups everywhere and even in our online communities lord this week as we just talk around these things as we have our leaning moments um, tomorrow and all of that god i just pray that you would just make yourself so real to us but lord that as we walk through this series of what it means to be in relationship with you i just pray we'll come out on the other side with this spark in our hearts about who Jesus is to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. We are so honored to have been able to share this teaching message with you from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We really hope you found it to be a blessing. To find out more about us or how you can receive more resources from our church or our pastor, Tolulokpe Moody, please visit our website, www.sikamore.church. That's S-Y-C-A-M-O-R-E.church. Or on Facebook and YouTube at Sikamore Church and on Instagram and Twitter at Sikamore underscore church. If you're ever anywhere around us, we'll be super honored to welcome you at one of our services.